Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What's up, you guys? You are listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. I'm Kelly, and I'm here with my really good friend, Mary Hilliard Harrington. Okay, I feel like this is like, I feel like you would be like the unicorn of podcasts. Like, do you ever do this kind of stuff? No, not really. I mean, sometimes I get asked to do interviews, but I never get to sit on the floor with tequila and talk to my friend. (laughs) Actually, when I have it kind of be semi-serious, I guess. I don't know. I guess it is a little bit of like a business. People want to know what you do. You have an exciting life. Yeah, I do. Yesterday when I posted that I was interviewing you, do you want to know the first message I got? Who it was from. Oh, God. Who? <laughs> Bobby Bones of the Bobby Bones Show. Because he, so he hosts or he runs my podcast network, the Nashville Podcast Network. He is also a client of yours at Red Light Management. Right. And he was like, what? She'll do your podcast? He was so shocked. Well, because you know what happened is he like came to me and honestly, like, I don't know if I knew at the time that it was right against the deadline, but he basically can't. Well, yeah, I guess I did. He came to me and said, hey, will you write a, a part of like your story for my book that I'm about oh, to put out, which book. is actually like out right now. It right? came out this week. Right. It came yeah. out this week. And he goes, will you write something for my book? It's due like on Tuesday. <laughs> and it was like no pressure. And it was like a really important thing. Like, tell me what your greatest failure was Ooh, that you I overcame. that question? Well, no, you you can, but I won't answer it because I was like, God, I have so many. Like, I cannot think of like this one amazing failure. And he also like told me about like the governor of Arkansas or someone like that who had had like this, you know, lost a race and ended up coming back. And I'm like, this whole story. I'm like, I don't have anything like that. I'm totally (laughs) going to let you down. So. I passed on being in his book. And now you're on the Velvet's Edge podcast. And now I'm on the Velvet's Edge podcast, but I'm really just using you as a stepping stone to get to Bobby's podcast. The Bobby cast. The Bobby cast. I see. Because I love it. I listen to it all the time. So this is like a practice podcast Yeah, you're basically a practice for me. Good to know. I can do that with friends, (laughs) right? Yeah, this is good. I'll warm you up. Does Bobby let his guests drink tequila and sit on the floor? No, I seriously doubt it. Right. Right. So this one will be more fun at least. Exactly. Okay, so let's talk about what you do because I want to tell people kind of a little bit about your job. So you're a manager at Red Light Management, which is like the biggest management firm in Nashville, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's pretty big. I mean, it's definitely big, big in size and we have a lot of amazing artists and... Well, you personally represent Dirk Bentley, which is one of the reasons we know each other. Yeah. Because I do hair and makeup. Well, oh, grooming. He gets mad when I say makeup. <laughs> he loves it. He totally <laughs> loves it when he's somewhere really high profile and you walk out with like your brush to powder, to powder him, him in front of a bunch of people. That's his like favorite thing it's, in life. It's all guys that I work with. It's their favorite yeah. moment. For sure. It kind of definitely the do his makeup. Just to be clear, you definitely do his makeup. So you have Dirk Bentley, Lanco, Aubrey Sellers, Tucker Bethard, Kaylee Hammock, and then most recently, L. King. Yeah. That's like a new, totally new world for you. I know. It how, is. How is that? The pop world. 
What's um, the difference? It's really good. I mean, I'm just kind of getting into it, but I, you know, she and I have known each other for a really long time and we're already friends. So it feels super natural. Yeah. Um, and the new record she's made, it's really rock. I mean, it's like super alternative sounding and, um, you know, all of the artists that I work with are like true artists. They're yeah. not singers. They don't just like record the next song that is being pitched around Music Row. And so, um, and she's one of, she's one of those and she has something to say and, you know, she's full of life and she's amazing she's one of my favorite people right not even just like her art and her music like off stage she's amazing and and that's how i feel about all the people i work with yeah i've heard you describe her as like the last true rock star one she of the is. last she's like one of the stars. last true female rock right. stars it's like if you there are not like a lot of female rock stars left i don't know what happened to them or if they left and went to other formats or maybe they're in hip-hop now i don't right. you know what i mean like that yeah. whole rock and roll attitude but there aren't a lot of them left and she she has like an element of danger to her in like the best possible way yeah you know what i mean if that makes oh, sense i know what you mean yeah, yeah. she's so fun to don't watch. know what she's her. gonna do next never she's very unpredictable um, okay, so I do think it's important to talk about like the behind the scenes people because we were in New York with Dirks for the album release of The Mountain and Annie, who is his stylist, and I were asking him a question and he goes, I don't know, we're gonna have to ask the boss. <laughs> and we were like, and he's referring to you. And I think people would think that's so funny that like Dirks, who is the celebrity, would be like, let's go ask the boss. I don't know the answer <laughs> to this question. But can you kind of tell people, like, what's the main thing a manager does? Because you are running the show a lot of the time. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I think, like, the best analogy for it is, I guess, like, I mean, in Dirk's world, you know, we only use, like, airplane analogies. So okay. it's probably, <laughs> like, that. yeah, so it's probably, like, you know, the flight planner and air traffic controller. You know what I mean? It's okay. like you're kind of, you're kind of, like... You know, so are you? He's the flight planner. You're no, air? I'm both. Oh, to oh. Be <laughs> he's the pilot. <laughs> okay, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like you obviously have to plan out and have a strategy for the artist and what they want to accomplish and what their goals are. And and it's a lot of incoming things too, and just kind of like managing all of the other people around you because the team is big, right? I mean, if I think about jerks, it's like. There's clearly Dirks and the band and the crew, which is a lot of people, right? Like, it's like how many 60 people something people probably we have on the road. If I had to, if that I had are guess. traveling with they're them traveling all with the us time. all the time, right? Yeah. And then there's the part that makes the music and the songwriters and the producers and you know all that, and then the publicity team and the agents and the business managers and the attorney and you know the digital team and it's just a lot of fucking people. Yeah. That are all you know contributing and so important to the big picture, but it's just kind of being at the center of all of that and making sure it overseeing. Is, yeah. And, and just that it's like, not just running smoothly, but that everyone's like running the same direction all the mm-hmm. time, like towards a bigger goal. Yeah. And you have to be the one with the artist to kind of set what that goal is. And so that's kind and of, kind of probably rein them in. Cause I feel like a lot of artists are such creatives. They have a hard time staying out of their head or like, really seeing the bigger picture all the time like a lot of it's wrapped up in the music or the art part of the whole thing yeah i mean it's um yeah it's no secret that artists can get in their head (laughs) 
Um, and so you're also like a therapist. And yeah, a little I mean, bit, a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I absorb a lot. I think from artists about whatever their problems are, and and being a problem solver is such a big piece of that. And not even just for the artists themselves, but for all of these other people around right. us. You know, like being patient, and which is not necessarily my strong strongest quality, but I have to work at it because I have to be patient for everybody else, you know, and just absorbing like whatever their issues are and trying to help them through that. That's a big part of it. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you, what do you think makes a good manager? But that's pro- problem oh solving is probably one of the main things. Problem solving is the number one thing. Really? Yeah. hundred percent. What do you think? Like, I don't think you could actually say what a typical day looks like. Cause I feel like every day for you is so different. Is there anything consistent for each of your days? No. There's not I mean, I don't I don't think there's one consistent thing. I um you know, I try and be a really good mom on top of right. the you work have family on part. top of this. Yeah, and so um the you know, the sort of the one consistent thing is like the constant struggle to like balance that and yeah. make sure that I start my mornings at home and that I get, you know, time with Scarlett and then get on with my day and then get home so that I get time at night and time management and, you know, making sure that all of that is covered is probably the most important thing to me that you, needs to happen every single day. Do you, know? you ever have time for yourself? Oh my God. So no. <laughs> the lake. Answer. Oh my God. The lake. The, <laughs> the lake, lake was, this weekend. Yeah, the lake was, this weekend was really fun. But like, like yesterday morning, I was like kind of late to a meeting and I like went to jump in the shower and um, Dominique who stays with Scarlett during the day was not here yet. And so I kind of left her like watching TV or whatever while I went to jump in the shower and I'm like, finally 10 minutes to myself (laughs) and I've got shampoo in my hair and I'm like, have my eyes closed because I'm looking back to like wash the shampoo out of my hair. And literally, Scarlett has stripped off all of her clothes, and she is standing in the shower with her face against my ass. And I was like, not even here. Can I please just get 10 minutes to myself? And of course, like, you're like, oh my God, this is kind of cute. Right. You know? But it's like, no. You're not going to get your time. No. (laughs) So then you go from that kid to like all, basically it's like babysitting all day at work. Wow. That's a lot. Um, I did. So yesterday I asked a bunch of questions about you on Velvet's Edge just because I like to know what people want to know from you. And one of the main things I got was Donald Trump, but we'll get to him later. But one of the other things was just like you're a woman in this world that honestly used to be occupied pretty much by men. And you've kind of put yourself into this power position in the Nashville music industry. Would you agree with that? You're making big eyes at me right now. (laughs) I mean, it feels so weird. And I think that's part, like, when you say, like, a power position, it kind of freaks me out because I'm not terribly comfortable with that. And I I think that... Why? Well, I think maybe because it is that I'm a woman. And, like, we're almost... We haven't been, like, conditioned that way, if that makes sense, right? Like, when I moved to Nashville... There were zero female managers. I mean, not one. Like, the only female manager that I really knew was Marianne. Oh, yeah. That manages Miranda. That manages Miranda. And at the time, she managed the Dixie Chicks and, like, Mary J. Blige and all these other people. She was in L.A. Oh, right. She wasn't wasn't even even physically in Nashville. Yeah. Always... Um, she laughs, but I always refer her as the OG because that's, like, all that we had. And so... 
we didn't there it just didn't exist you know what i mean so when you talk about like being a power player i'm like oof I don't know how that feels, but I think it's just because we're not used to that. Men are like walking to the room exactly. with all this swagger and they're like, look at me, I'm a badass. And women just don't do that. And I don't, I don't know all the reasons, but that's, you know. Have you felt that? Like as you've grown in this business, have you felt like you've bumped up against that mentality a lot? And just like, like even, you know how um, they say a man could say one thing, they could say a phrase, and then a woman could say the same exact thing. And it's like, the woman looks like a bitch. Yeah. And the man is just like, nobody even bats an eye. It's yeah. like the normal thing. Do you bump up against that a lot? Um, well, first of all, I don't know what people say behind my back. Good point. However, I just find that like, and this is true, I think with artists too, in the way that you talk to them, but I think people just really appreciate a directness especially in the music business because there's so many like egos and everyone's like positioning for something and like no one wants to give bad news in in Mm -hmm. Nashville too. Like it's like that whole like bless your heart kind of thing, but no one will just like tell you what's up. And I have never been able to be indirect. Like I just, I'm kind of like, can we just cut to the shit, cut through the shit and like talk about the real stuff here. And so I think people appreciate that. When I walk away, they may be like, damn, she's a bitch. But I really don't care because I'm, yeah. I'm just wired that way. You know what so I mean? So you think it's more of the truth-telling mm-hmm. piece of it. Also, don't you – I feel like – because you've had to deliver some not-so-fun news to me before. Like, just as, like, a boss or whatever you want to call it. The Definitely we not have. your boss. Like, well, you hire me. Right. So – Client, um, client yeah. Yeah, whatever Ish. you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and you've delivered news to me before and I haven't ever walked away feeling like you delivered in a kind way still. And maybe that's part of what you're saying, but it's direct. I know you're not bullshitting me, but it's also not like you piece of shit. Like you're just, you're just saying the truth in a kind way. Yeah. I think people like when they hear the truth, then they can react in a real way and like take control of it much faster Yeah. versus like getting a bunch of flowery bullshit around it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, of course, I don't want to hurt your feelings if I'm having to tell you bad news. But I also, like, I got to just break it down for you or else you're not going to be able to help yourself. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I, I've had to, I mean, people have had to give me really bad news before. And I just appreciate when people lay it on me, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So do you, as far as, like, the woman in business, I mean, you sounded like you really don't even think about it but do you feel at all like you're a part because I know you hire a lot of girls now too and kind of put them in positions like what happened at the green room when Tyne and Christy brought you out and we'll talk about that a little more later but um, I think you put girls in positions to succeed and to kind of get these power positions like do you feel like you're a part of this bigger movement you know what I like it's so funny I did not feel that way until, like, the whole Me Too thing and people started putting me there. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, now all of the articles in Billboard and I just said one yesterday for Hits Daily Double, it's, like, all about female managers and, you know, being a leading female and all of this stuff in Nashville. And I didn't ever put myself there. It's, like, the rest of the country has caught up and now they're putting us there, if that makes Uh sense. I hadn't really thought about myself that way. I just thought about myself, like... I'm going to put my head down on work and figure this out and learn to be better and try and be really good at my job. And I didn't think about the whole male versus female thing. I just didn't really. And at the green room, which um, people probably don't know what that is that are listening, but it is a publicity company that I started. And um, 
when I first moved to Nashville and grew and, you know, have now moved on from that. But yeah, a lot of the people I hired were girls. But Kelly, when I tell you, I searched everywhere for dudes that I could hire. We, our office needed some testosterone. Yeah. You know, because you put a bunch of girls in a room together and like in stressful situations and on deadlines and all those things. Like we needed some men in there. Yeah. I looked everywhere and I couldn't find one that was worth a shit. Honestly. Wow. Honestly. And maybe that's the nature of what like a publicity job is. There aren't as many like men in that field. Like it is pretty much a predominantly um, female driven business, but I just couldn't find any. And so I got used to like hiring these girls and then kind of like helping them grow and succeed. And I mean, I would say that that's that in retrospect now, I didn't realize it as it was happening, but in retrospect now, that's probably one of the things I'm most proud about, uh, like in my entire career is being able to like help all the like women and girls around Mm -hmm. me. So it was kind of unintentional. Totally unintentional. You basically just started working really hard, never setting out necessarily to be a top power player. Stop calling me that. I like to call you that because I see it making you uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> you are the top power player in Nashville. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what would you say? I think I think I see it all the time. I see what you do for girls, and I think that you're just a good example of a strong woman. So it kind of reflects around you but is there any advice you would give to a young girl starting like in the music business or any business really um well I and I've said this before but I feel like could you guys just get a little thick skin really because everybody is so fucking sensitive (laughs) I'm like this is the music business I mean you have to be with people you have to be comfortable with people like yeah. You know, it, this is not the most PC business that we work in. So you need to have a little thick skin. And um, I think that's really important. And I think this is going to sound really mean and probably kind of bitchy, but like there actually are some stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so think before you think, speak. Like, no, not even that. Like, there, it's like, go see if you can figure it out on your own right. before you ask people and take up other people's time with it like like there was this girl who got put at my desk at the office when my assistant was out of town just like to answer the phone or whatever which was you know she was like young and just an intern you know but one day I was like hey I need the number to the CMA the Country Music Association and like I just kind of like I was just like looking for the main number well what would you do if you didn't know what it was like, what do you mean? I would Google it. Right. <laughs> we have a lot of access these days. She goes, she goes, well, where would I find that? Oh, my God. I literally and I, I go, the- you, <laughs> no. you need to get your purse and you need to get, get out up here. <laughs> and you need to march back up to the front desk and find a new position. Because I'm like, I don't, that is just like. Wait, no, when you just asked me, I was like, oh, my God, is this a tr- trick question? Like, this is too easy. I can't. Am I about to look so stupid? Yeah, but I think it's like, there, there are some, like, stupid questions. Like, be a self-starter. Go figure it out. Yeah. Put your head down and do what I did, which is like. Just work. Um, have you ever encountered like anything just so sexist that you couldn't even deal? 
I mean, it happens all the time. What do you do, though? I feel like you would just put someone back in their place. just laugh at it. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's just so stupid. Yeah, you can't. Especially like- today. Like, three years ago, even, you know, before everyone was, like, me-tooing and yeah. hashtagging and all of that. They just stuff. made it a verb. Me-tooing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even before people were truly paying attention to it yeah. in a big way, like, it just is so stupid. Stupid. Yeah, it's a little over the top, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I really want to get into your earlier career because, as I said, a lot of people had questions oh, about this when I mentioned that you worked for Donald Trump. I mean, right. this was funny to me before he was president, and now some of the stories you tell me, I'm like, that did not happen. There is no freaking way. Okay, well, just to preface all of this, like... Please do. Yeah, I kind of feel like I kind of have to, because it was such a different world. Like, you know, well, when I worked for him, clearly there were no politics, even like yeah. in the... Sh- the long-term plan. Like, there, it just wasn't he there. He was a businessman. He was a businessman. And, and I only worked on entertainment-related stuff for him. So I, I wasn't even, like, around people who did real estate or, you know, all the, like, financial stuff that he deals with. Like, I just... I wasn't part of that, you know? I so did, what did you do for him? Because I did publicity. So you basically, you went to college, you got a PR degree, right? Or no? Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> I went to... Um, Alabama, which we can talk about later. Because, well, disregard, I went upset, to LSU. Do not be upset. I'm of course I'm upset. I'm still upset about Nick Saban. I feel betrayed and I still have a crush on him. So it's a weird feeling. Totally want to sleep with him. (laughs) I mean, wouldn't you? Totally. My mom's going to listen to this. Oh, God. Damn it. (laughs) Um, But you went to Alabama. the belt. Yes, the worst belt. I mean, you can redress somebody, though. That's what I do for a living. (laughs) Oh, God. Do you think we could do a Nick Saban makeover on VE.com? That would be a dream job for me. I mean, he's like the silver fox. But what the silver do, fox, but he though? doesn't have silver because he's coloring it with just men. I feel like men. his personality is silver fox. This is Let's such a tangent. Talk about a badass. <laughs> that is a badass. That is like... He is a badass. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. I don't know how many of your readers or listeners... Are from the South. Pay, I mean, pay, anyone pay from the to college South. Football, right. You know? Anyone from the South. You know what? I got something. Anyone from the South knows who Nick Saban is. And if you don't, Google it. How Google about that? <laughs> Um, but she went to Alabama, PR degree, and then you just up and moved to New York? Yeah. I mean, I did some internships before that, and then I just picked up and moved. I did. did I, you I went, there was, at the time, you know, there was no, like, Craigslist even. I literally went on a site called roommates.com. Oh, my God. And I got a roommate. <laughs> and this girl was, like, this, like, East Village club kid, you know, and I just, like, moved into the East Village in this shitty I'm little so apartment. I'm you didn't get murdered. Oh, I definitely could have been murdered in this apartment I was living in when I first moved there, you know. And, yeah, and I just moved there, and I worked some publicity jobs. I worked in fashion at a fashion publicity company for a little bit and hated it. Why? Because everyone is so shallow. Yeah. And so judgy. And it was, like, just not my scene, you know, like... It's just all so surfacey and just... I don't know. It's just not my scene. I don't know. And so then I... Um, yeah, I took a job and ended up going and working for Donald Trump and 
I did like I Miss Cash Universe, Lights. and yeah, I know. And, and then, at, you know, while I was there, he started doing The Apprentice, and like oh, it was just okay. like I mean, there was a lot in the entertainment space going on with him, and I did publicity. So, like, what is a day to day like with Donald Trump? I mean, I can't even well, process. Thankfully, like- I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have to like deal with him every single day. Okay. You know, it wasn't like that, but it was. Um, a lot of travel, you know, with mm-hmm. him, and it there. I mean, similar. I mean, I think in my life, I've never had a job where any day was ever the same as the one before it. So, um, you know, he's super smart. I was gonna say, is there stuff about him that you learned and that you oh really God. respect? I respect, it's so hard because what people know of him now is not how I knew of him. Right. Like he was, he is the same person. Like I see things, I'm like, oh yeah, he definitely said that. That's exactly how he would say it. They are not misquoting him. Mm-hmm. He definitely, you know, all of his mannerisms and some of the things he would, he says like about how like huge and tremendous <laughs> and huge. all of those things that he says, he's always been that way. Right. But learned so much from him and he is one of those bosses who really pushes you in what way um he just expects greatness yeah it is almost unsaid it's the most it's the strangest thing but that is it's like a vibe that is put out like what would happen if you had asked him a dumb question i never would have <laughs> like when i walked into to. his office or had a phone conversation with him I had my shit together. Really? Like, there was no... Oh, yeah. And it's interesting because you see people or read about it or watch the news and you hear people talking about, like, how he takes opinions from, like, a lot of different sources and then he makes his own opinion. Yeah. And the one thing that I learned from him, which I think is, like, carried on through the rest of my career, is, like, always speak your opinion. Because in that world... It really mattered. Like, it counted. If he asked you what you thought about something, he was really listening to you. So he still does that. He, he still does that. And you had to be prepared to, like, say it. Mm-hmm. And say it in a way that was, like, super direct and also, um, you know, with confidence, I guess. And so that is something that has definitely, like, taking, taken me forward. I learned that from him because that's what he needed. Right. And I actually got, like, so much more respect from him because I was, like, 25. Exactly. And he, if he asked me something and I would be like, no, I think that's a terrible idea, he was like, oh, damn, okay. And he probably put weight to his decision He did. That. Yeah, he did. Did he ever say to anyone, like, that's, that's a terrible idea? Oh, I mean, he would tell you if, he, like, if your opinion after he was came bad. to, oh, yeah, he'd be like, <laughs> well, that's terrible. I'm not ever going to do that. I'm going to do this, you know, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, just an opinion. It was more really. of a yeah. It, it was more of a respect thing of like being able to speak your mind. Yeah, you said you uh, traveled a lot with Donald. You've told me some funny stories. Oh boy, <laughs> will you tell the people the steam room stories? Oh my, my god, uh, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Can you talk about it? Yeah, I mean, what? I mean, Donald it's more Trump. embarrassing. It's like almost more embarrassing for me. Like Why? I make it. This is when I'm gonna start getting squatches. <laughs> you actually are a little bit. See, <laughs> um, so we were in Berlin yeah. for some sort of travel conference, and I don't exactly know, but it was like a hotel thing, and he was being honored for like having a, you know, a tremendous, great, I mean, huge, huge hotel someplace. Yeah, and um. 
it was actually the one thing I remember about it was it was we were in the same hotel that Michael Jackson dangled the baby off of the side oh, of. Oh my god! Off the balcony. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. I mean, your listeners are probably young, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like a, such huge news at the time, you know. And we, it was like after that, sometime, and um, you know, it was Germany, and like I don't speak German, and I certainly can't read German, and everything is just a little confusing, you know, <laughs> signs and that kind of stuff. And um, we had the morning off, and I had gone to the spa in Mm -hmm. the hotel which was in the basement i specifically remember it being downstairs in the basement and i went down and i went in like like the gym and the locker room and all that stuff and i was like oh i think i'll go in the steam room like this you know the sauna or whatever and i went in and there was another woman in there so i knew i was in the right place Mm -hmm. and i was like just having a nice leisurely morning totally jet lagged it was amazing And all of a sudden, the door swings open, and through, like, the biggest, like, cloud of steam, I see, Don- <laughs> I see Donald Trump walking into the steam room with me. Was I mean, because- obviously in a towel. <laughs> Thank God. It, and there were, like, two benches. You know, it was, like, tiled or whatever, so it was slippery. <laughs> <laughs> like my favorite Mega song. And there, there were like two bitches and I was on the top one, like the top bench. Getting the full view. Getting the full view. Wow. And I like very carefully wrapped myself up in my towel. And I like, I physically, I'm doing it right now. Like I remember like sucking my stomach in, like trying to make myself as small as possible. <laughs> As small as possible because I like backed myself all the way up against the wall oh and I'm like sucking in and I'm like sliding down gotta the go, gotta side go, gotta go. of the wall of the back wall trying to get out in like full panic mode. Did I'm like, see? if you, I don't know if he did or not. I don't know. I was like trying to move so carefully and gracefully and not slip on the oh wet tile to get God. the fuck out of there. <laughs> I definitely think, like, you just got confused between, like, what the men's and the women's was. Were you clothed when he walked in? No! Oh, my God. He's, like, unintentionally me-tooing you. I know. (laughs) That is not somewhere you want to be with your boss. That is so awkward. Like, I don't even, I can't even form words right now, because I, and I've heard this story, and I still get stressed out. like, it was so awkward, because then for the rest of the day, I was just, like, had so much anxiety about having to see him later, because I was like, oh, great, like, this is so awkward, and then we went to this big dinner, and they're, like, you know, this big fancy dinner with all these, like, rich people, and I had so much anxiety about the whole thing, (laughs) and then he he must not have seen me, because, or at least he acted like it hadn't been a thing. Nothing. Yeah, I was literally freaking out all day. (laughs) So after you, like, what made you want to leave working for Donald and leave New York and all of that? Yeah, so um, I'd gotten married to Ryan, and Mm. I mean, we had kind of a crazy lifestyle in New York. Your mom's listening, right? Yeah, no, she she can handle it. Has she tuned out yet? No. Um, and like, mm-hmm. so we basically were working crazy hours yeah. and then partying until like six in the morning and going back to work and then going right back to work and living, I can't imagine that living in one room on top of each other. And it was just like, life is hard there after you've yeah. reached a certain point. And so 
we kind of randomly picked Nashville and picked up and moved. Did you know you wanted to work in music or that was just no. kind of the nature of moving to Nashville? Yeah, and I mean, there was no other like entertainment-based mm-hmm. stuff here besides country music. And I didn't even really listen to it, you know? I mean, I, ha- I did when I was growing up, but yeah. I didn't in New York. I mean, yeah. you know? And so I just kind of had to like figure it out and country music was the option you worked for somebody when you first moved here right i did i worked for another publicist for about six months when i first moved here and then you just started green room yeah it took it took me like about six months to realize that i probably just from my time in new york and the pace that that moves you know that city is like run by 20 somethings really you know what i mean yeah it's like a really young active energetic city and i had gotten what I felt like was 15 years of experience in seven, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I, I am not going to like carry the weight and the ball here for somebody else's company. And so I took off and started my own thing. And at the time I had, um, I had just signed Jason Aldean. He was brand new. He was your first, right? It, it, he and Dirks, I mean, we're kind of same at the same time. time. Yeah. And that was it. And then I just put my head down and worked. And then now Green Room, I mean, you kind of like went over this really fast earlier. Green Room is huge. The, the roster is Jason Aldean, Tucker Beather, Dirk Bentley, Lady A, Rascal Flats, Kit Moore, Thomas Rhett, Bobby Bones, Bailey Brown, Brett Young, <laughs> all these festivals, Lake Shake, Faster Horses, Watershed, Tortuga, and Route 91. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, that is a huge company, but you, so you sold majority stake in it. Yeah. What made you like decide this is, I'm done? Well, so I had been doing it for like right at, I think either nine or 10 years. And mm-hmm. I had started with Baby Axe, you know, Dirks and Jason yeah. and then Lady A and all these people. And I felt, really felt like I had done what I could do for them in that job. Like, you know, Jason. The first time I ever saw Jason play was at a really shitty bar that you and I have had drinks at <laughs> out by the Opry called the Nashville Palace. Where we had like, drinks with Jason had J- at that yeah, bar. We had drinks with Jason at the that bar was recently. So but fun. That was like the first place I ever saw him. And, you know, when I left, he was playing stadiums. It's like, what am I going to do for you now? You can't go up from there. Yeah. What, like, what are we going to yeah. do here? And I saw like a real opportunity to make a switch into management. And I was already managing Dirks, you know, and so it felt really natural. And, you know, for better or worse, I hadn't, I I just really wasn't that scared. I just kind of took a leap and went and did it. And now I'm starting over again with a bunch of Mm -hmm. baby artists. But that's what's so exciting to me. Like, I, I love helping them figure their thing out and their journey out. yeah and growing it so you're happy you made the move so happy do you know what's next are you gonna stay in management forever or what do you think oh god <laughs> kelly it's like asking me to write a chapter in your book um i don't know like what's next yeah i'm gonna stay in management i, I really like it i, I mean well, it's, I probably, it. like, you've it's super of, gratifying and i have yeah. amazing people around me and my artists are the best you do have they're the really best. good people mm-hmm. you know and I, in some anybody who works in the music business will tell you that like the teams around you really become your family because so it's like a 24 hour gig and there's a lot of travel and weird hours and so th- this is like my family mm-hmm. you know i can't imagine doing anything different oh my god i don't know what i would do if you moved on i mean 
I would if a really great. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would try some other things yeah. too, in addition to management. Um, if something really cool came along, but for I'm now happy. you're content. Yeah, I'm happy. Okay. So just to wrap it up, I have a couple of rapid fire questions oh, that I thought God. would be kind of funny. Um, well, not funny. Some of them are serious. They're just stuff I'm curious about. Um, what are your must like that you expect from any artist? Because you probably have to have some prerequisites too, right? Well, definitely hardworking. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody that I am lucky enough to work with is super focused and hardworking. And like, I work really hard and I don't want to be the one like dragging you along. Carrying it. Exactly. So that is... Are there artists who don't? Oh, yeah. I guess I'm just surrounded by artists who do work really hard. I mean, yeah. No, there are a lot that like really? kind of phone it in for sure. I don't think people realize how much work goes into oh, all of this. Oh, my God. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. Um, do you have like a top moment or milestone so far in your career that you were just like, I think you feel like you've made it or you had made it to another level? What was it if so? I don't. I feel like. Maybe I'll always feel like I haven't made it. Really? I don't know why. I think it's like a personality thing or like I am, I'm really competitive. So, so there's always something else I want to do or conquer yeah. or beat or whatever. And um, But at the same time, like there are little moments that happen every day that I get so excited about. But a lot of them are like for my artists, not necessarily for me. Yeah, like because my career is based on theirs, right? Mm-hmm. And I only do as well as they do. That's how this part of the business goes. So anytime something awesome happens for them, I'm like so gratified by right. it. Right. So it's not being on the VE podcast. <laughs> no, you know I'm just working to get on Bobby's. Oh, damn it. <laughs> but I am really flattered that you wanted to talk to me. <laughs> okay. I actually already know the answer to this question, but I think it's funny for our listeners here. Um, it's about Miss France. No, but thank God. I mean, we should. Anyone who wants to know more about Mary and the Donald Trump days should Google Mary Hilliard McMillan. That was your maiden name, Miss France. Yeah. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and Google, Google it. it. <laughs> okay. Last question: Are there any artists that you would love to represent but don't yet? You know who it is. <laughs> I know. I want you to say it. Fifty Cent. Duh. And tell people why. Well, I don't know. I just really... Why, though? Really? Well, I, I don't do, know if I can I that. love him. You love first him. Of all. I love him. I don't know why. <laughs> I love him. And I have so much respect for him. And why? I don't know. He's a... I mean, well, I just think about, like, every... Like, I don't know how many people know his story, you know? But he, like really had to like fight through some shit to have the success he that he's shot, like, like nine, nine times. times or something. Yeah. And like, and he's a like mogul. A yeah. How smart is he? And no, I just have so much respect for that. And I mean, well, really, I really want a hip hop client. Oh I God, really I do so bad. so bad. And I really, 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 if you're listening, <laughs> Curtis, I really want Migos. Yeah. Migos oh would be like Migos. my dream client. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like that's the note to end on. Migos, Fifty Cent, if, if you're, you're listening. listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't stop now. Okay, Amanda, love you so much. I love you. Thanks for asking. I mean, me. seriously, thanks for doing it. Okay, Bobby's gonna an- be so jealous. No, give me another drink. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. I'll have a blog up with Mary Hilliard Harrington next week on velvetsedge.com. Check it out. Bye.